Well, not DNA. Communion, which leads to DNA. So what is this thing about DNA? What's this thing about communion? What's this thing about what I said earlier about being um, transfigured and changed, right? So my goal is not to puff your head up with new knowledge and revelation and go, wow, that was a good time we had and we learned a lot of things. I took notes or I didn't take notes. And... Uh, <laughs> I got a chip in my head. <laughs> so, um, so we're gonna do uh, a lot of reading because uh, uh, and a lot of scripture reference because most of us have uh, an understanding of communion, right? Um, I think I would guess everyone in this room has probably had communion at least once, right? And so we have a, a knowledge or understanding of this activity that, we, that we've partaken in, right? Um, some of us, maybe in the room, have a Catholic background and have done the Eucharist, what they call communion, right? Um, I attended one Catholic Mass, and I dared the priest not to give me communion. <laughs> right? I looked in his eye, you better give Because in their deal, is you, if you're not Catholic, you can't have communion type deal. And I was like, I'm a part of the universal church. You better give me communion. I'm doing this mentally. I'm looking at them. You better, you know. And they do the thing. They place the wafer in your mouth. They, they wipe the cup and pour it. All right. So, um, so what is this thing called communion, right? Um, let me read two verses to kind of set this up. Why this is important to know. It's, it's important to know all that we do with the kingdom, right? And not get caught in tradition. Not get caught in this repetition of stuff, you know. So, um, John 8 37 through 38. I'll be reading, um, I think, yeah, from the Amplified, mostly. So Jesus says, Yes, I know that you are Abraham's offspring, yet you plan to kill me, because my word has no entrance, makes no progress, does not find any place in you. Okay? I tell the things which I have seen and learned at my father's side, and your actions also reflect what you have heard and learned from your father. Okay? And so I'm trying to, you know, most of the messages will somehow tie about relationship. Jesus says, I'm telling you things that I have heard and learned from my relationship with the father. Okay, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, good. He says, you are speaking from your relationship with your father. Small f, right? And, you know, later on he talks about, calls them vipers and stuff. So he's basically saying, your father's a devil, right? Your father's evil. You're learning your doctrines from somebody else, and it's not my father. If it had been my, if it had been the same father, you wouldn't be wanting to kill me. Who is the one who likes killing? Anybody? It's not a trick question. Who likes killing? The devil, the devil right? He's been a killer from the beginning, right? So, and so Jesus is not mincing words. He's basically, he's a pretty cool statement. Uh, I'm learning and telling you things I've learned from the father, as in relations, very important. I'm only telling you what my father tells me. And by the way, you do the same thing with your father. And I just told you to try to kill me. Hmm. So the people listening are going like, what? What did you, did you say the Pharisees are, oh, 
right? Everyone, this is, and this is, this is plain speech. I do what the father says, and you do what your father says. Different fathers, right? And so, um, what I'm about to go through here is, you know, I'm going to tell you the things that I've seen and learned from my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Okay? Not my relationship with my Bible school, my understanding, men's teaching, but from my relationship. Any teaching that's not from a relationship with the Father does not have life, reproductive life in it. Okay? Keyword is reproductive life. So when you hear from any anointed man that hopefully that anointed man or woman has, has a revelation and they're sharing their revelation. But that revelation in itself is not reproducible unless you hear it from the one who has life in him. Who is the one who has life? And we all have direct access to Father creating God, right? And we're not the ones who are afraid to be spending time with the one who created us and the world and the planet, even though it's scary at sometimes because of the fire and smoke, you know, the dark cloud, you know. This is the one who loves us more than anyone, too. He's awesome and powerful, but he also loves us, right? What a, you know, that's, you mean the Incredible Hulk loves you? I mean, it's kind of a power thing, right, you know? I remember one time, an early word I had was, I went forward and shared this word, something like, um, um, if you come forward, right, if you come, if you bring, I see you shackled with chains, if you come forward right now, I see the Lord will, will, will release you from your shackles. That's probably powerful, right? And the key word, I see you shackled. It wasn't like, if you have shackles, I see you shackled, bring them up here, and you'll be free. No one moved. No one even came, I mean, no one, you know? So my first thought was, hmm, I missed it, which is possible, right? But it was so, you know, I thought, and I said to myself, did I miss it? And the Lord said, they're afraid of the power that will be released against the shackle. You follow me? Because it was the intense power against the bondage. Not against them, but against the bondage. But when you're shackled so long, you think you're one and the same. And you think the power is coming against you. Because you're identifying with the sin, the problem, the issue, and not identifying with who you are. Okay? And that's the mind game that the enemy puts on you. Oh, you've sinned so much, you are sin. No. Jesus became sin for me. And he made me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, I have a pornography problem, but I'm not pornography. I'm not lust. I'm not covetousness. I'm bound. And the power of God, his love, is fully able to free me. I am not sin. Jesus became sin for me. Right? We all not. It's an amazing, wild thing, but it's true. Right? And his power, which he hates sin, he loves you, you're not sin. Right? So his power will be focused on that foot shackle, whatever thingy, whatever it's a choke on your neck, whatever it is, to, to free you. And I said, hey, don't be afraid of the, the power. The power is against the shackle, not against you. No one still came forward. Well, I stood there looking foolish, you know, and I sat down. I, I wanted 
someone to come and counsel me. Because <laughs> at the time, I was still young in this deal. My pastor didn't come to me. No one came and said. And I kind of went, oh, well. I, then later on, I got more understanding about people identifying with the problem than identifying with their lover, right? So, but the more you identify with who loves you, the more you can trust him, you know? I have a knife. I'm going to cut it off your head. But what if you miss? Well, you know he won't miss because he's <laughs> able, right? But, but it's, it's about the relationship here, right? Um, we need to be speaking and living from relationship, right? Um, communion helps build your relationship with the lover of your soul. Why is it good to have communion more than once a month, once a year, once in a while? Because the more time I spend in my, with him, the more time I understand him and know him, and I tighten my bond with him. I tighten my bond with him. He's already all out to me, right? I need to be all out with him. This progress, this process of taking a wafer, taking a chocolate chip, taking a whatever, taking the meal you're having at breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and saying, for the moment, I'm going to take this biscuit or grand whatever it is and orange juice and say, Father, I want to commune, be one with you. I need to be different. You know, we're talking about 45 seconds maybe can change your world forever. But we, want, we don't want to invest 45 seconds. We don't want to trade in on that, right? Because we don't know what it is. We are thinking, my word has no entrance, makes no progress, does not find any place in you. You don't believe my word. That's why we're talking about communion, right? That's why we're going to go, what do I think communion is? Why do I think I'll do it when they bring the plastic, you know, it's not real communion unless it's in a plastic cup, you know. The first time I saw the, the, the unified one with the, the waivers on top, Oh, wait a minute here. Mark of the Beast, you know what I mean? It was like, you, we can't do that, you know. I'm used to the wafer, the little cube thing. It's a little, get a little tan on it, you know. It's about <laughs> chiclet size, you know. And then when I went to a church where they do wine only, I almost spit it out because I was used to grape juice only, right? And then you go, well, I'm free. I can do wine. I'm like, I'm not sure. I want the one that Jesus did. You know, and then you're like, you know, so we're just, we're freaking out, right, you know. Yeah, which one is it? And then they, then the ones are not labeled. Is this the wine or the grape juice? Am I sinning by drinking alcohol? You know, I tried to do the right thing. He made me sin. You know, there's no grape juice left. I thought the clear one was the. I don't know. I'm not going to do it. Right? I mean, you get all weirded out, right? Because we don't know what it is. Right? We go through the routine, or we go, "Is this communion Sunday? I haven't discerned the body correctly." What does that mean? <laughs> right? So I better skip because I don't discern it is, and I better let it go. I, I'll pass. <laughs> they pass. You know, have you ever passed on communion? I've done it. I mean, I did it because I was like really confused in, my, in, my, in the sin I was engaged in, and I, I had not come to a place of repentance. And I'd heard one story about someone who feels he died during communion, so I wasn't going to play the game, you know. Just in case you can die for not discerning, I'm going to let this one go. You know, I felt really guilty by not letting it go because I'd never let it go before, you know. But I didn't want to die either, just in case, you know. So, 
because I was not discerning the body correctly. So I just let it go. I actually said, I've got to leave now. And I thought, ooh, I am that bad that I'm leaving because of communion. This is true. Anyway, so do we get this here about how important it is for that relationship with the Father? Um, you can settle for a secondary deal, right? But that's like anyone who's married saying, you know, uh, honey, I don't want you to kiss me. I want one of your friends to give me a hug. That will satisfy it. You can't get kids that way from a hug from a friend, right? You know, but we do that at church. Pastor, um, I want to hear from you and not from him. All right? So why are we bearing fruit? Because we're not receiving the life, right? Is this still okay, you guys? I mean, it's hurting me. <laughs> I'm like going, ah, duh, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's, I, I, it's, it's so simple, but we get so lazy and we let, we, you know, we let the, we let the pastor, leader, whatever, have all the fun, right? And we think we're okay, you know. Um, or other people say, you got to do work. I don't do work. I want to just enjoy the fruits of your labor. And we think it's okay. And we, it's okay when we talk to our friends who are not doing work either. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Do you hear that tape? Oh, yeah. Slow. <laughs> oh. Did you not? Was that not awesome? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that guy named New Mystic was amazing. Wow. Can, can I get his book? Oh, I, oh it's amazing. You're passing the book around. We're all in agreement. It's amazing. You know, and you've done no work at all, right? You haven't looked at the references. Have you ever got a book and actually checked the references and found wrong ones? I have, because I was anal and looking for wrong, you know. But, uh, but we're supposed to be more Berean about this thing, right? It needs to be, I need to receive life from him and not from them. They, they're not given life. Now, there is, they are producing a level of life, but not that you are not that you can live off of. Okay, you're just living. It's kind of a daily minimum requirement. Who wants just enough to get by? Let all the church members say Amen. Because that's what you do. That's all you're doing. You're just getting by. Or aren't you changing the world? I don't have enough energy to change the world. My diet consists of. Well, a Sunday meeting and five tapes. I meditate, you know. That's not healthy, right? It's, you know, why aren't you mighty in God? I am mighty in God. According to who? Well, that person. Stop comparing yourself to people, right? You need to be comparing yourself to how he sees you, Mm, right? I mean, it's easy to compare yourself to yourself, compare yourself to Aaron, you know. Well, Aaron's special. She's got a godly mother. <laughs> yeah, you know my mom, and uh, it's just not going to happen, you know. So we make excuses, you know, and, and then we hate Aaron and her mom, right, because the godliness and the stuff, and then we blame God. Why do you give me Aaron's mom? You could have done that, and I'd be further along, you know. And we start coveting moms, right? We start coveting churches, right? Instead of working, you know? So, instead of doing the work, we cheat.
All right. Okay, lick your wounds. Okay. <laughs> Matthew 15. It's good. If we haven't got the communion yet, we're getting to the, the problems with, right? So the first part was, Jesus says, I only tell you what I get out of relationship, right? So we should be only doing what we get out of relationship with our Father. A lot of us aren't doing anything because we don't have a relationship. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Matthew 15, verse 6. Let me turn there too. Matthew. That's from the first books in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 15, verse 6. And I'm going to read 6, 7, 8, and 9, I think. Um, oh. So, for the sake of your tradition, the rules handed down by your forefathers, you have set aside the word of God, depriving it of force and authority and making it of no effect. You pretenders, you hypocrites, you churchgoers, Admirably and truly did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts hold off and are far away from me. Uselessly do they worship me, for they teach as doctrines the commands of men. So what I'm trying to get to is the, the communion most of us are doing is really a commandment of people and not a revelation we have individually received from the Father. Okay? And this says that the tradition of men, which is the same thing, there's no power in it. So we're taking communion, but the communion we're taking, there's no power because we have no revelation behind it. Right? We have faith in the communion that is not from the Father, it's from people. And our, our ignorance or lack of understanding is just adding to a tradition. We go through the motions, right? And we say, I did it. I do it once a week, once a month, once whenever they do it, once whenever the conditions are right, and the moon and the solstice and stuff is in place. I do communion. Then we get even weirded out when we hear about people who do, I mean, who's the dude now? Um, the breatharian dude? Kirby? You know what I'm talking about? There's a dude that ran a marathon off of communion. Trained, only thing he ate was communion. Wow. Did the marathon, still did communion. So his only input was communion. Not a loaf of bread and a jug of wine, a little bit of bread and a little bit of something. For how long, do you know? Months. Months. Yeah, I mean, and ran a, ran a full marathon and did well. And not just like, <gasps> you know. I'm like going, now my faith for communion is not quite there. My faith's increased, right? And we're going to get to that. But his revelation of communion is not the revelation that we have, right? Mm. That's wild. I first read that, I thought, New Ager, New Ager. <laughs> you know? But I, then I found out, dude, he, he only eats when he wants to. Not when he needs to. So his wants and needs are more or not. He's not driven by I must eat. He. I heard that he said I only eat when I 
I, I want to indulge. I'm thinking, I indulge all the time. <laughs> you know, I indulged last night, indulge, indulge, indulge. He has a whole different understanding mm-hmm. of, of communion. And, and there's people over time who have an understanding of communion too. There was a lady who did years of only having a little bit of bread and wine. Wow. Years. Not days, not weeks, years. She actually believes there's life in him. And she's, she walked in that. And this guy who's alive and well is doing the same thing. And I'm like going, what is that? Now, I'm, I'm challenged, you know, personally. So, you know, a year ago, when I, I, have, I have a friend that she does communion like eight or, some, eight or so more times a day. First time she did, I thought, you're a weirdo. Why are you doing that? I had no, I thought communion was what I'm used to, communion, same kind of ideas you guys got. What? Why would you do that? I'm thinking she's pulling out a little cup and doing this, you know, and I'm thinking, why would you do that? She didn't tell me why. She says, that's what I do. And over, and so you can find different history books of people in the church who have a revelation of communion that's not your current revelation of communion, Okay. And I'm going to try to get to that. But the point I'm trying to say is we all need to have a revelation of what the Father wants us to do and not take anything for granted. Not take worship for granted. Not take communion for granted. Not take the term church for granted. Not take the word fellowship for granted. Not take singing for granted. Speaking tongues for granted. Any of these things. Just because someone told you to do it, why do you do it? Some of you go to church because everyone goes to church. If you go to church for that reason, that's not God. That's called peer pressure. That's called following the crowd. That sacrifice is not pleasing to God. But I was told if I don't go to church, then da-da-da-da-da. I'm forsaking the assembly of the brethren. Scripture, right? But that's not true. You know? So what are the traditions we live with, right? That we need to remove that tradition and walk in the life and power, Right? Don't get paranoid and weird. All laws or tradition, you know, don't do that one, right? Go, okay, wait a minute, check here. I have a relationship with the Father. I have an open, he is, we have an open door policy. I can talk to him about anything. Father, I don't understand what that guy was saying. What is this for me? Right? I really want to know. I want to hear from you, right? Some people don't think God speaks. Because they were taught God doesn't speak. They were taught that you can't see God face to face you'll die. Right? I was taught that. Right? I was taught that unless you were holy, you couldn't be in his presence. You'd die. Right? So why would I pursue his presence if I'm going to die? Right? You know, you don't. Because <laughs> you don't want to go, you know. And the movies don't help. You know, you get poofed. All right. Was I reading something? So, Matthew, um, pretenders, um, draw near, yeah. So, um, there's the what we must do, what we can do, and what we need to undo, okay? And um, those first section of verses are more about, okay, let's be open to if the Father highlights something we need to undo, do I need to undo my current understanding of this thing called communion? Right? 
That's just a question mark. I'm not saying yes. I'm just saying I'm open if the Father says, hmm, as we look at this. In this teaching, we are re-looking at this because of we don't want to get caught in traditions because they're powerless, right? We don't want to work. We don't want to do anything which makes God's word, which we know is powerful, to be powerless, right? We're good there, right? So we're not. I'm not going to twist your arms. You're you, you're all in for no tradition and nothing to make the word of God powerless. Give me some nods. Yes. I see someone sleeping, <laughs> and I nod. Okay, good. So that's that's our goal. So I want us to look at the current set of scriptures that we've all been taught on communion. And then I'm going to try my best not to bash anybody about this. And, and, and inside your heart, don't do like many of us have done with denominations. We were in a denomination that said, God is this box, and we're in it for a long time, that we find out truth. We leave that box called the denomination. And we come over here to level of freedom, and then we talk bad about the denomination. That's not healthy. Okay? It's normal, but not healthy. Okay? So as we get more reliant on communion, do not bash anyone who taught you anything else about communion. Okay? Just go, oh my gosh. The Father loves me, and he's telling me something new. Yay, and I'm just going to do that. But don't get into, like, I cannot believe they, 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 or... I used to, I used to, I used to. I can't believe I still do. I do, you know. Don't do that. Just kind of go, wow, I need revelation of that. Illumine this to me. Father, help me make this part of you, our relationship, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. There's a few verses here. And, and you know, many of the epistles, letters to letters in the Bible, a lot of them were questions to Paul, and Paul was answering back some questions, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, let's start 15. I am speaking as to intelligent, sensible men. Think over and make up your minds for yourselves about what I say. I appeal to your reason and your discernment in these matters. So he's, he's responding back to some of their questions, okay? He says, okay, guys, you got a head on your shoulders. You know, let's think about this. <clears throat> the cup of blessing of wine at the Lord's Supper upon which we ask God's blessing, does it not mean that in drinking it, we participate in and share fellowship and communion in the blood of Christ the Messiah? Question mark. The bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it, we participate in and share fellowship in the communion in the body of Christ? For we, no matter how numerous we are, we are one body because we all partake of the one bread, the one whom the communion bread represents. Consider those, so, so this is talking about they're having a gathering together. We know the church, the New Testament, they met together and they had a koinonia fellowship and the koinonia of their fellowship was around the meal, right? Um, the meal they were talking about was really a reflection of Jesus' Last Supper, right? And we'll talk about that scripture too. So this wasn't a communion. This is all about what are the things that we do to build our fellowship, our unity, our body, right? 
And it's about this thing called, you know, the cup and wine type deal, right? So he's talking about that, giving us a little correction. Uh, verse 18, consider those people of Israel. Are, they, are, are those who eat the sacrifices, partners of the altar, um, united in their worship to the same God? What do I imply then? The food offered to idols is intrinsically changed by the fact that it amounts to anything the idol itself has done. So basically, at these gatherings together with the meals, these guys are getting food off of the altars for other gods and saying it's just food, even though it's offered to a demon, and they're eating at the fellowship meal. Okay, That's like saying, hey, let's come together and... Um, Let's get some of that hash brownies, right? And, you know, they're brownies, right, with stuff. And, you know, and we all love Jesus. So what's, what's up with that? We're going to share them, right? Yeah. Okay, Aaron? No. Why? Because <laughs> they have weed in them. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And so that's a common deal, right? But they were like, it's just food, <laughs> you know? And it's available, right? It's okay. It's been offered to demons, right? You know? So why are you offering something? And sort of like, so Paul's like, why are you guys doing that? It's stupid. Common sense. Food for demons, why would you eat it? It's not for you. Go spend an extra few dollars and go buy the moon. Well, it's not dollars, but dinar or whatever the money is. Let's go on. Uh, no, I'm suggesting that when the pagan sacrifice they offer, in effect, to demons, you know, I do not want you to fellowship and be partners with spirits by eating at their feast. Okay? Guys, this meal, fellowship, is important, so the foods for demons, don't eat it. Right? Common sense. And don't call it the fellowship meal because there's wine there. Right? You got the good thing, it's a mixture. You got... Probably sacred wine, and now you get food offered to idols, right? Don't say, it's our fellowship meal. And we prayed over it. <laughs> we blessed it. We blessed the hash brownies. We sanctified them. That's what they were Well, it was going to demons, but now it's going to us. He's saying, don't do that, right? This was words about the communion meal. It's a communion meal, fellowship meal. It's not communion, right? But people talk about communion off this verses here. So this is not the good place to go for teaching on communion. This is the point we're trying to get to. Uh, verse 22. Uh, da, 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 da. You cannot drink the Lord's cup and the demon's cup. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the demon's table. Shall we thus provoke the Lord to jealousy and anger and indignation? You know, so he's basically saying, look, you think a meal's a meal. A meal is not a meal, right? Fellowship good, right? Let's fellowship around the Father and not stuff offered to demons. Because things happen when you partake of something offered to another God. Right? Just like when things happen good when you, this is offered unto the Father. Right? There's, things happen over in fellowship. So you want to make sure you're in union with the right one and not with the wrong one. There's consequences. It's always saying. But people have used these sections of Scripture to talk about this thing here called communion with the Father. And communion we're talking about is about, again, building your relationship with Him, right? So it's all about relationship with Him. We're good? 
There wasn't a big jump there. It was kind of a little one. None of you have been partaking in demonic food. I'm looking in your eyes. I'm checking. <laughs> checking back there. I'm checking on the tape. Okay, good. So that's probably... CC? Okay, good. Just made it sure. All righty. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Start in verse 20. Now, when someone goes to these verses and starts praying over communion, don't, don't get up and slap them. So when you gather for your meetings, it is not the supper instituted by the Lord that you eat. For in eating, each one hurries to get his own supper first, not waiting for the poor, and the one goes hungry while another gets drunk. Okay, so they're gathering to the meal. Instead of having a sip of the communion deal, they're guzzling, right? They're not partaking in the communion meal as it was meant. And again, it's a meal for unity, not the communion with fellowship of the Father, right? So the first verse is people, instead of having, they're coming to the fellowship meal to get drunk and to feed themselves. He's saying, no, no, the purpose is you should eat dinner at home. You're coming here not for food, but for fellowship. The body is important. This, what we're doing here, talking together about stuff that we know about, don't know about, this is very important. But what if, you know, some people went in the kitchen and started, you know, ordering pizza and, and having a food feast there and gaining 200 pounds while you could be meeting each other and talking about spiritual things? Well, we were fellowshipping. No, you were, you were throwing down pizza in the back room. Don't call it fellowship. That's picking out, right? It's okay, but don't call it, we've come to the Father's table to partake with one another. No, you've come to get drunk and eat. It's a difference, right? So we keep going. Uh, 22, what? Do you not have houses in which to eat and drink, or do you despise the church of God and mean to show contempt for it while you humiliate those who are poor and have no homes, and have, have brought no food. What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you to this? No. Uh, now he says this, For I have received from the Lord himself, which I pass on to you now. Again, he's saying, For my relationship with the Father, is this just like what Jesus said? What I tell you now is what I've learned from your side. So Paul said the same thing. I got this from my relationship, from Revelation. Okay. Um, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was um, delivered up and while he was betrayed, was in the progress to bread. How many people have heard this opening up to communion? It's not about communion, it's about Passover, right? But we Gentile Westerners, it's bread and blood, must be communion, okay? It's Passover meal, right? And so it's, it's good to have an understanding of, of, of the Jewish th- good things, right? All the holy days are good. You know, I go to a Passover meal um, deal um, every year in D.C. It's the only thing in Washington, D.C. that's truly open to every church. It's really wide open with no agenda. And so, anyway, so it's pretty cool. But it's, it's the Passover meal. <laughs> it's not a fellowship meal. It's a, a holy day. And so Jesus, before he went to the cross, participated in Passover not just the last meal or the last supper. We got a picture called the last supper, right? Mm-hmm. You know, last supper, last supper. We now have the tradition of inmates get the last supper, right? We have the tradition of the churches that 
we're going to, you know, we're going to continue this till the Father returns. This is Passover. He wants us to continue in the keeping the feast and have fellowship because the body is important. But this is not communion. Okay. Uh, so, verse 24, And when he has given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this um, in remembrance of me. Right? It's Passover, not communion. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup and said, This is the cup of my new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, to call me affectionately to remembrance. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing, uh, representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning the sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he is done, so should he eat the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating and recognizing with due appearance, eats and drinks a sentence upon himself. Okay, So, Paul is saying, hey look, um, he's given a revelation of what happened on the Passover meal when Jesus was there. Right? He's saying that the Father... Uh, gave him, you know, we only have revelation from the Father, right? Get relationship, right? Peter, Peter, where'd you get that? You know, blessed are you, Peter, son of Barjona, you know, flesh and blood does not reveal this to you, but our Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Relationship, right? Paul, relationship says, this is what happened that night. I wasn't there, but the Father told me, right? During the Passover meal, he's talking the Passover meal. This is all that happened. When you now have meals together as a body, you know, in fellowship, realize that um, you can come in unity with the body, the universal body of Christ, through a meal. You can do that um, through the, the whatever you have there sharing together. And we know not stuff offered to demons, right? But during our time together, we're building one another up, just like, what happens every year during the Passover meal. Yay, that's good. Right? So this is teaching about commun- um, koinonia, or fellowship meals, and gatherings together, uh, which would happen when they go house to house. So this could happen, this meal of fellowship could happen weekly, could happen daily, right? But this is not the communion. Okay? Where does Jesus teach about communion? Okay? I believe he only teaches about communion in John chapter 6. Okay? And all that we've read so far is about uh, the Passover. So before we go to John 6, let's go to Luke 22. And this is when they had the Passover. And it'll be like remarkable that Paul, is, who was not there, uh, is talking about what happened when Jesus was there. Right? You know Paul and Jesus were not alive at the same time. My daughter didn't know that. I was like... What, honey? Don't embarrass me. Uh, of course, now Jesus did show up as a ball of light and scared Paul and scared him so much, changed his name from Saul to Paul, right? So Luke, chapter 22, verse 8. And uh, so Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and prepare for us the Passover meal. 
right? So that we may eat it. They said to him, where do we want to prepare it? So they go find prepare it. We skip to um, verse 13. And when they went and found it, just as he had said, they made ready the Passover supper. When the hour came, Jesus reclined the table, the apostles with them. He said to them, I have earnestly and intensely desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall eat it no more to fulfill... I should eat it no more until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So what Jesus is going to talk about is he's fulfilling the this feast, the Passover. Um, and so we know the, the if you follow the Hebraic calendar, uh, there's three holy days, right? And Passover is one. And the cool thing about the calendar is Jesus, before he was crucified, he meets, he fulfills what was prophesied for him for hundreds of years, hundreds, yeah, hundreds of years, right, at this Passover meal. And people still, all the Jews who don't know Jesus' past, celebrate this Passover not knowing that Jesus fulfilled the Passover. He's the Passover lamb. During the Passover meal, you have lamb, right? You have the sacrificial lamb. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The Passover is to remind you of what Jesus has done for you. That's the Passover. The Passover is to remind you of coming out of Egypt, right? That's what Passover is about. So every time you celebrate your freedom deliverance, that's a good thing. And I should turn to you and go, dude, this is the lamb that was slain. You go, man, it tastes good. And I remember what he's done for me. Mm-hmm. How many times I want to remember what Jesus did, how he delivered me? A lot, right? So every time we come together for a meal, let's think about his deliverance. That's not communion, mm-hmm. right? That's just Passover, mm-hmm. the thing that God said, celebrate all the time, every year, right? Great meal. If you have Passover on the day and have meals all the time, it's a good thing to know what you were delivered from, right? It's a good thing to know there was a lamb slain for you. Not saying you have to have lamb every meal, but if it helps you remember what he's done for you, great, right? Communion, what we're going to talk about here in a second, is about your now relationship. The relationship that Jesus only talks about in John chapter 6. Okay? And so... So when I first started thinking about this, I'm thinking like, I have decades of these prayers said over me. Decades of prayers I agreed with that are not right. Okay? And it clearly says what Jesus says about communion and clearly says he talks about Passover. Okay? I could tip my little ears my, and my fingers in my ears and go, no, 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 it's communion. It clearly says the Passover meal. And we clearly understand what Passover is, is an annual feast in reference to the Jews coming out of Egypt. When he celebrates this one, he's saying like, I'm taking that out of Egypt. I'm taking out of darkness because I'm going to be slain. I am the lamb. You know, the lamb that was slain to get you out of Egypt got the spirit of death off of you. I'm now going to get death so you can live eternally li- eternal life. Big difference, right? So we need this revelation, but not in substitute for the new revelation of communion. Communion, being one with him. We are now in Christ Jesus. This reminds you that we were one spirit, right? He made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. And only Jesus talked about that in John 6. Jesus is prophetically talking about it. He's not talking about Passover. All the Jews reading who were at John chapter 6, all his disciples, didn't go, is he talking about Passover? 
They didn't say that because Passover was the day. Everyone knew the whole holidays. You had to leave where you're at, go to Israel and have the meal, da, 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 right? So when he's with all the disciples, and we're going to turn there now. Let's go to, yeah, I read that. Uh, no. Go to John chapter 6. Now, I'm going to tell you now, you're going to have to read this, I don't know, probably a couple hundred times because you don't believe it. I barely believe this, and this was slapped on me last night, right? Aaron asked me to teach the communion um, last week or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I got this down, you know? And I'm going over last night going, I don't believe it either. You know? Well, it's not that I don't believe John 6 when you read it, but what I was, I was giving same value to all that I've done before, right? When I participate in communion, and there's a church I go to that has communion every Sunday, when I participate with a Passover communion, right? When I participate with Passover communion and don't do my own prayer, I'm going under tradition. What does tradition do? Nothing. It makes the Word of God unaffected in my life. Yeah. Right? So every time I go to what I know is not correct, I make the Word of God of no effect in me. I don't need that. I need all the power I can get. Right, and so I'm not saying you know on this Sunday you stand up and go whoa hold on guy up front put that cup down walk away from the cup walk walk away you want you want First Corinthians on us you know okay you're quoting from First Corinthians a little deviation off of that no right you can't do that well maybe you can but. I'm not saying do that, right? Uh, you know, find the man who told you this teaching, you know. So, so what do you do, right? You need to go, whoa, okay, they're praying that, they're talking that, they're teaching that. I have the elements in my hand. At that point, you need to do what's right. You need to do what you've been taught by the Father. Not taught by the man, not taught by past experience, not taught by false doctrine, by talk about what's been taught to you. At that moment, you got to switch. If you go along with it, all you're doing is reinforcing tradition. And what does tradition do? Tradition is set up to kill you. Okay? Tradition takes away life from you. Tradition is eating stale bread. My daughter hates stale bread. And she goes, Dad, the date is close. Honey, it's not stale yet. It's close to it. I'm like, you know. So she's, you know, she's good. So why do we put up with stuff that's stale? Because we're used to it. Why are we used to it? Because we don't speak up. Or we don't have a real revelation because we don't spend time with the Father who's always wanting to talk to his kids. Why don't we want to spend time with the Father? Oh, there's a thousand reasons, right? But, but we can, right? This isn't a, why don't you? This is a, we can, right? Mm-hmm. He's available. As a matter of fact, in a moment, we're going to do it, right? And for some of you, it'll be the very first time you do it correctly, right? That's a trip, right? I mean, wow, right? Or maybe halfway correct, right? But for sure... It's not Passover. And we know what Passover is, right? You know, 
This is communion. This is being one with him. This is reinforcing our oneness. Rebuilding or reinforcing our relationship. All these other things were fellowship with one another, remembering what happened in the past. We are now all, we are now all a body out of Egypt. We are now coming into the kingdom of light. We, we, we. Communion is one, one, one. Okay? Does everybody get that? When you're standing from the Father, it's one on one. It isn't, well, you know, I was with this large church in California. And we believe, there's no we on Judgment Day. It's a one-on-one, you know. And he's going to say, what did you do? Well, I was taught, what did you do? You know, that's going to be a weird day. Some people don't know that. Uh, I like to, Your Honor, I'd like to bring some witnesses. You are the witness. I'd like to bring some supporting. You are the support. But I thought my membership, I tithed, so I thought I'd get a pass. You know, it's one-on-one, right? Am I beating this hard? I am, because this is the only time you've heard this before, you know. So, I mean, I got it one time because you've heard it a thousand times, the other stuff, right? And so and what that means is after today, you got to go and say, did I hear what I heard? Could this really be true? Can only seven people in the world know? I mean, it's not seven, but there's people that know the truth, right? But if this is foreign at all, or even kind of going, and you're not manifesting fully like that, you're a, good, you're a closet manifester. <laughs> you hold your manifestation really well. Yeah. You know. Um, it's okay, right? You just kind of... You're like going, wow, they're good. She's covered the manifestation real, you know. Inside her head's been around. I'll say, yeah, Wally. Yeah, that's good. Knew that. Love that. Knew that. You know. So, okay, John 6, wherever that 6 verse is. Did I tell you where? John 6. I'm in Romans. So I'm in Romans where John 6. You guys be in John 6. John 6. Yeah, this is a horrible... Church building scriptures. <laughs> but it's a great ecclesia building scriptures, right? And there's a big difference from the church. Church is that nice place. The ecclesia is a fortress that destroys the works of darkness. What does ecclesia mean? Ecclesia is, the, um, is a Greek word that Jesus used to talk about uh, the thing he's building. Okay? And the, the question is, is that which Jesus said in Matthew that um, the, the thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against, does that exist on the planet? And are we a part of it? And if we're not a part of it, what are we doing about it? Right? Are there ecclesias, are there assemblies that are making um, uh, legal and judicial um, Legislation. So, in the uh, in the Roman and Greek history books, they have ecclesias, and the Greek word is called out. So, it's a called out to the assembly. They go out. So, you know, someone knock on door. Aaron, you're a citizen. There's there's an ecclesia. You go. All right, the rest of you guys who are not citizens. I've got to go. We have to go make a legislation declaration. We got to make a decision for the city. You would go to the gate of the city. 
at the gate, all the other citizens who are either born in there or have earned citizenship are now there at the gate. And then someone says, okay, here's the decision we have to make. Are we letting in this into the city? This teaching, this drug, this food, this gang. We, and we go, we'd vote yes or no. The, the ecclesia keeps the city. The ecclesia governs what happens, good or bad, over a territory. That's what the gates of hell will not prevail against. Okay? It's not the come and get healed place. The ecclesia is come and rule place. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the ecclesia would say, we are letting healing come into our city and we're casting out sickness. We're not letting sickness and disease to abide here. We're making laws against sanitation, whatever, you know. And so if you have leprosy, you stay out here, you get healed, and then you come in. The ecclesia makes decrees and declares a thing, and it happens, right, at the gates. That's what the ecclesia does. The ecclesia takes rules and reigns. And because there is a force coming against it called not the gate, there's not a big gate coming, right? But the ecclesia goes and attacks, right? The ecclesia appoints warriors to go and take more territory, right? The ecclesia makes strategies, right? On heaven and earth. The ecclesia goes to the council, gets strategy to govern the city and to expand the city, right? The ecclesia goes, we have a, we have a problem with abortion. What do we do? We don't have the mind of God. We go get the mind of God. Then we make a decree. The ecclesia is the governing body over a territory. It's not just a group that hangs out with the same common goals. Our definition of church. Big difference, right? Is it kind of like it's a piece of it, right? Yeah, it's a piece of it. But so, you know, right now we see intercessors, right? So, you know, like, you know, church of 300, we got... Eight who really hear from God and really pray, right? And they gather together weekly maybe, you know, and sometimes the eight will say that we need to come together for a big deal. And the eight becomes 40, right? So the 40, you know, hit a topic on that period because they all came together. That's just a concerned group of people who are, who are uh, acting on their rights and authority, right? That's, not, that's a subset of the ecclesia. Okay? Um, citizens, are, so it's part of responsibility. So it would be every one of the 400, right, if you're a citizen, if you, have, if you signed up to the king, Jesus, assigned to a territory, Shasta, right, and you've taken the responsibilities of your citizenship, okay, and you submitted to the king, then you govern that gate, right? That means we're all intercessors, right? And we're all doing our part, right? And if the ecclesia says, okay, Aaron, um, we're taking over the next county, right? You'll go, I need provision. The ecclesia gives you provision, right? Provision, money, houses, horses, intercessors, people, whatever, to go make that territory like this territory. Adam himself was an ecclesia. Adam was called to make Eden expand across the planet, mm-hmm. okay? But he gave up his ruling, reigning role, wow. right? This is new to me, too. He gave up his ruling, reigning role and said, I will do something else other than rule and reign. 
he gave to somebody else called Lucifer and now the expansion of the kingdom of God stopped okay so anytime we don't stay in our function God's function or his plan does not manifest okay so if we bring it down to communion anytime we're doing something other than what he calls it his plan is not expanding traditions of men are powerless of no effect you're not transformed transfigured you're not glowing like glory light bulb because you're not doing what he's prescribed. The prescription is this. It's an aid to your, your, your uh, union and relationship, right? What are the things we can do to, make, to help our relationship with the Father? He, again, he's given everything to us, right? What's holding us back from him? Knowledge. Oh, I didn't know you loved me that much. Communion helps that, right? I didn't know you gave that much. It opens the door to Revelation, right? Um, wow, and we'll, when we get to John 6, we'll, we'll read some more stuff, right? So, I'm just... Uh. So, John 6, verse 42. Now, you can read all of John 6, because it's a fun story, but... Um, is this a good place to start? This is where it gets controversial. So there's a bunch of people. There's more than 12 disciples and there's Jesus. And they're all talking, right? Uh, let me skip a little bit. Um, 48. I am the bread of life that comes, that gives life. I'm the living bread. Your forefathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. But this bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone may eat of it and never die. So he's not talking about a meal. He's talking about something like manna, his reference is manna in the, in the, in the, well, the provision was in the wilderness, right? So he's saying, like, I'm that bread. What? No, 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 no. We read the books. That bread was manna, and that bread was back then. Nope, I am that. So all, the, all of us who think a lot go, how can that be? There is no more manna. Manna stopped back on the other side of the Jordan, right? History says so. He says, nope, I am the bread. Your forefathers ate manna. I'm not the old manna. I'm this new manna. And they died. I myself am this living bread. <laughs> what are you guys going to do when you realize you're the living bread for, uh, for a generation, right? One of my first Facebook posts was, um, <laughs> we all should let the zombies eat our flesh and blood. We are life the people who are dying around us, right? They're not going to Jesus. They're going to you. You're their living bread. So Jesus says, I am this living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And also the bread that I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. What a wild statement, right? He stands and says, I'm living bread. What? He's speaking definitely to not their understanding, right? You cannot understand this on your own. He's basically saying, guys, the only way to understand this is ask my father. Relationship. You need a relationship to figure out what I'm talking about. But what they do, oh no, we got this. Um, so you're the living bread. The Jews angrily contended with one another. What? How is he able to give us his flesh to eat? They're totally not getting it, right? This is why no one talks about this, because this only can be discerned spiritually, right? 
This is why we don't read this chapter. Is there a John chapter 6? <laughs> right? How many times have you read John chapter 6? It's kind of a long chapter. It's like 66 verses. Let's skip that one. You know? Because it's weird. Jesus says, I'm living bread. Who has seen living bread? Right? I mean, you know, well, I've seen it because it's yeast. Yeast is living and... Okay. Thank you. Okay, living bread from heaven. Um, I don't know what that means. No one does, right? So the guys who are supposed to, the guys who are supposed to have a relationship with the Father, God, and God reveals secrets, God reveals mysteries. If you have a relationship with Him, He'll tell you the secret, right? The mystery. The guys go, um, the Jews angrily contended with one another, saying, how is He able to give us His flesh to eat? Are we supposed to eat Jesus? <laughs> we don't eat. We're not cannibals. I read the commandments. Nowhere does it say we eat people. Now, there are people around them who do eat people, right? They all know the cultists and the, the, the false. They all know there are people around them who do eat people, right? And they're thinking like, I thought he was the Messiah. Why is he teaching this false doctrine? If they left the service right then, they would never come back, right? False, he said, eat it. He said, eat me, right? <laughs> what do you do with this, right? And this and this is so hard. This is why we don't teach it. You know, this is why I repented earlier, because if if, if no one teaches this on a regular basis, I'm shutting the door. I'm telling you, you will never understand this. Because you cannot comprehend it spiritually. So, door slam. And you should go, excuse me, I can understand everything with my father. My father loves me, and he's going to teach me everything. So, leader, tell me everything that you've heard from the father. I will take it to the father, and we'll both grow. But if you keep something from me, either you're saying I'm stupid, and I don't need a relation with the father, or you're controlling me and making me only eat your bread. Which one is it? That's scary, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, again, I'm, I'm this, that's, that's the reality, right? If you're not hearing this taught, this and other mysteries, that's what they're saying. You're not good enough to hear it. You're not capable to hear it. The whole Dark Ages was, you can't read this book. Only we can read the book. And we'll tell you what it says. And then pay me a little bit. I may save your family. Right? And so we're facing another dark ages, right? We're facing a time where it is very easy to where a leader, and the finger's pointing at me, a leader can make it where you're dependent upon me. And I force you to make your relationship be with me, my tapes, my books, and not the lover of your soul who can fully satisfy you, who can fully help you. If I'm not continually pointing to the Father, then I'm pointing somewhere, either to me or to a demon. The demon's bad and I am bad. If you're not encouraged to spend time with the Father, to understand deep, life-producing mysteries, then I'm a bad teacher. I'm a bad leader. I'm a bad five-fold ministry gift. I'm a bad usher. I'm a bad deacon. I'm a bad any title you can think of, right? If I'm not 
pushing you to a stronger, deeper, life-producing relationship with the Father. If you don't think when you leave church on Sunday or Saturday or Friday, if you don't have to run to the Father to go, what is he talking about? Then maybe that message did not truly feed you. It should be an appetizer for a meal, right? Who, who serves the meal? Right. But if you get your meal from another, whose relationship are you building? Right? If you go to In-N-Out Burger all the time, let me rephrase it. If you go to McDonald's, anyone see Supersize Me, the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did? Scariest movie on the planet. This guy ate McDonald's a breakfast, lunch, and dinner for so many days, had a doctor's with them. The doctor said, if you keep doing this, you're going to die. Not be sick, die. His fiance says, stop the movie, stop the documentary. You're killing yourself. His only input was McDonald's. You know, I'm watching this. I thought the movie was a comedy. I'm clicking through going... Where's the funny part? You know, there's no funny part. You know, I bought the movie for my, mo- for my mom and my sister for motivation for their diets, you know. My sister is now, not because of that movie, but she's like, she's amazing what she's doing. She's doing marathons now, you know. I mean, she her just change up. <laughs> I should watch the movie. <laughs> I'm, you think I'm, I'm supersized me. It's, it's probably on YouTube now. It's, it's several, it's old now. And you, you, you don't believe it. You go like, come on, what's wrong with a uh, McMuffin and a burger and a Coke? Please. In moderation, it's okay. He's eating it three times a day. And then every week, he's calling me Dom's and going, hey, any problem with this? Right? He's, he's got three, two or three doctors he's seen during the documentary. And they're going, you need to stop. Because, you know, in the beginning, sure, hey, you're paying us. Right, you know, he's they're like, dude, what, what are you doing? I'm just having McDonald's. And so the first week he's fine. Week two he's sluggish. I mean, physically, he's weak. He's physically. I mean, it's it's a great movie, you know. It's scary because in the movie there's a guy who's got this. All it does is you know, did you, <laughs> nourishment. Yeah. What is your diet, right? If your diet consists of being spoon fed by another. Another is a human being. You're the wrong planet. That's why you're malnourished. That's why you're not fulfilling your call and destiny. That's why people who are looking at you are not walking in the image of God. They're walking in the image of man because you're spending more time with people than you are with the one who loves you, the one whose image you should be and be, be like. Right. So what's the secret? Communion. Right. So what does he say here? Uh, the Jews freak out. We freak out. Jesus says to them again, I assure you, I most solemnly tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood unless, <laughs> unless you appropriately appropriate his life and saving merit of his blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has, possesses now eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. For my flesh is true and genuine food, 
and my blood is true and genuine drink. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, thank you, um, dwells continually in me, and I in manner dwell continually in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live by the Father, even so whoever continues to feed on me, whoever takes me for his food and nourished by me, shall in his turn live through because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. This is like the manna from your forefathers ate, and yet died. When his disciples heard this, many of them said, This is a hard and difficult and strange saying. Who can stand to hear it? And they left. They left the Jesus church. These weren't just spectators, disciples. I'm out of here. And Jesus goes, Jesus knowing within himself what his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about, said to them, Is this a stumbling block to you? Duh. Is this an offense to you? Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you? (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to eat you. (laughs) You know? And they don't ask. So... Are you saying we, I nibble on your arm and suck the blood out of your arm? Right? No one asks that question. They go, hard saying, we're out of here. We refuse to press in the relationship. We'd rather stay with our tradition. That's easy to comprehend. I don't have to relate to you. I rather relate to a tradition. Okay? And that's what's going on here, at in, 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 least in, in the West. We don't want experience. We want doctrine. Father wants experience, you know. Um, doctrine, I can, I can manipulate doctrine. I can teach all kinds of stuff here. I'll be following my cult group and, you know, we all, I'll be fat, dumb, and demon-possessed, right? But if you're in a relationship, you know, if you have a relationship with the Father, no one can pull you out of his hand because you're hugging, yeah. right? But if you're hugging a man or a woman teacher, whoever, They'll take you, they'll dance for you all kind of places. And off the cliff you go, right? But the Father who is faithful and true and perfect, if you're with Him all the time and building a relationship, then He'll take care of you, right? He'll say, where did you go Sunday? Oh, you know, I went to that little place. You know, they call it a church, you know. Why did you go there? What did they say there? Well, they didn't talk much about you. Mm, is that good? Well, you know, but we had fun. You know, got to see everybody. You should heard that song we did. And a lot of people were healed, right? In your name. Okay, cool. Um, what are they doing to encourage your relation with me? A lot of people were healed, right? Um, oh, there's this new revelation about uh, entering into your kingdom. Oh, so are you not entering in when we, when we hug and dance and talk? Well, it's not the same thing. We get to enter the kingdom. <laughs> I'm the king. <laughs> I give you the kingdom, right? Oh, God, you just don't understand what's going on. We are all understanding a new revelation. Do you want revelation or do you want the source of revelation? That's a good one, right? That's a really good one. Do you want revelation or the source of revelation? What do you choose? You know, this is where God says, I will have no gods inside me. I will not have some guy sharing revelation and me. Which do you want? You want me or someone to tell you about me? You know, 
communion is all about you and him. Okay? It's not about us. It's a one-on-one thing. Every time you partake of him, you're changed. Okay? But Jesus says, I am life. You must get life from me. There is no other source of life. Okay? Not fellowship. Life. You know? So, oh, scandalize, you know. Okay. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. There's no profit in it. Words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. So now he helps them out. Dudes, I'm not telling you to eat my flesh. Well, the guys, really, they're, they're gone. We're not eating his flesh. They're running off, right? So Jesus finally says, okay, I thinned out the herd. My words are spirit and life. So you need to come to me, spirit and life. So I'm thinking like, oh, what's that mean? He's going, if you don't know what it means, ask me. Don't ask your neighbor. Don't ask the Pharisee. Don't ask your leader. Come to me. I'm the source of revelation. I'm, I'm not pointing at me. He's saying, I'm the source. You've got to come to me. Don't go to the synagogue. Don't go to the Temple Mount. Don't go there. Come to me. Right? He's pointing to the Father at all times, right? It's what every leader should be doing too, right? Uh, my first book was, you know, a guy reads, he goes, you don't mention Jesus in here. I go, true, it's not about Jesus. Well, I have a problem with that. And I thought, hmm, did I mess up? I said, God, you read the book. But I had to check my heart. Was I leading people to something that was not leading them to the Father? The seven spirits lead you to the Father. Mm-hmm. Okay? The guy who <laughs> will never listen to this tape <laughs> said to me, um, if you don't change your book, I'm going to excommunicate you from the church. This guy's not a leader in our church. He's just a guy. I'm reading this email going, you have the power to excommunicate? I thought I was all-powerful. This guy has got a daughter and a wife who's going to excommunicate me. And he goes and says, and I have, I've done this twice before. I'm hoping not to do it again. And I thought, man, I thought I had power. This guy could excommunicate me from God's church. Wow. Whoa. Now, I think I messed up when I read the letter to my wife and my daughter. They got mad, right? <laughs> Who does this guy think he is? And I was like, and this is probably the one time I wasn't supposed to share with my family what was going on, you know? I only read the email once because I didn't want to do anything rash off that email. I didn't want to judge the guy. I didn't want to get weird. I didn't want to pray anything weird. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't know how to guard my heart over it, you know? But I was like going, excommunicate. And of course, this is after the email from my pastor, with concern for your soul, you know, this guy excommunicates you. And I'm thinking like, now, what did this do to me? First, I was like, well, they're weird. Second thing it did, it drove me to the Father. I said, Father, is there anything they're saying that's true? The Lord goes, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, what? I'm deceived? He's, no. What's your mo- is there any wrong motivation in your heart? No. Yes, there is. Okay, you're right. I'm wrong. What is it? You wanted your pastor to read the book and go, oh, my gosh, what a revelation. Wally, can you teach every Sunday? Well, Saturday. Can you teach every Saturday and share the revelation with our congregation? You wanted to be recognized by men. I had to repent. 
I did want that. That did not disqualify the revelation, but it identified something in my heart that needed to be removed, right? That desire to be recognized and approved by people had to be dealt with, right? So I repented of that in my bedroom. Then I had dealt with it live when I spent time. I had breakfast with my pastor. Was I going to defend myself or die to myself? I had never, ever died to myself in public. Never, ever. Never, 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 never. Was I going to fail this test or pass the test? I think I passed because I went there saying, okay, agree with your accuser and don't defend yourself, which means don't talk because I'm a talker, as you can tell, right? <laughs> so I can't talk because I'll slip into defense. If I slip into defense, I go into de- to attack mode. My method of, a, of, a, of protection is kill you first. Very demonic, right? So you're going like, what kind of brother are you? I was also, I was, I was Saul, right? I mean, I would kill you first if you even, if I even thought you had anything you could do to stop my rise to glory. I would remove you. I would re- take your character out publicly. Whatever, you're gone, right? Demonic motivation, and I was, you know. So I go to this meeting, and I'm like. I can't talk a lot. Don't talk a lot. Don't talk a lot. Because you'll mess up. I'll get into defending myself. I'll try to defend my life. But I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Is that true? Or am I just talking a game? And I've got to agree with my accuser. Darn it. Okay, let's do this. And it wasn't as hard as I thought. I passed the test. I was actually happy. Which freaked me out. I've got joy. Because I was identifying with him. Right? I'd never done that before. And I never had, was set up that way, right? I couldn't make the situation up. God took a year and a half to orchestrate it so they could happen, right? So it was, it was an amazing, cool thing. And we all will come to that place of who you're identifying with, you know? Communion is a constant re-identifying with the Father, right? It's one of the only things that does that, right? And you can also, you know... Um, communion, go to the four chambers of your heart, the dance floor of the heart, you know. Y'all should see me in my gown dancing with the Father. It's an amazing thing. It's true. I will put on a gown and dance with the Father. One day I thought, do I have to do this? Now, my first thought is, I love being one with you. If it takes me dancing with you and seeing myself in a bridal gown, I'm okay with that. One day we're dancing, and I had the thought, is this necessary? We stopped dancing. He turned into energy, a purple energy. I turned into a yellowish energy, and we melded as one. He says, is this better? Freaked me out. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 and I went, I, 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 like that. It was cool, and I'm now better okay with the dress because we went both into energy and became one. It's about oneness, not about how we're looking. It wasn't about my view of dancing with the Father in a dress deal. It's about the unity, right? When we go to the bridal chamber, when I can just lay down next to him and have pillow talk is what I call it. I can whisper in his ear, whispers in my ear. That's an intimate time, right? Those are other ways that you build upon your relationship with the Father, right? Your one-on-one time. Communion just reinforces that, Okay. If you're not doing any of that, you're not really, what are you doing to build your relationship? You know? And it's all available to us. Okay? So, um, 
Where are we at? John 6. Do, 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 do. So, um, so I believe, and you should check with the Father, that John 6 is the only place in the New Testament that really talks about communion. Because these are Jesus' words, right? And, and when I pray, when I do communion and renewing my mind to what I believe is the correct way, or His way, I look at verses uh, 54 and 55 and 56. I'll read them again. And we'll, we'll, and we'll start. How do you want to do communion, um, Aaron? Um, are they going to grab and dunk it and give them napkins? Grab and dunk, yeah. Okay. So you guys are grabbing and dunking, and we'll get this prayer ready. So grab and dunk and come back to your seat. And do you have enough napkins for them to... Yeah, let me grab So don't grab and dunk yet. But I'm going to read this to make sure this is the right verses. Um, 53, And Jesus said to them, I assure you, I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man. Okay? He's saying he's the source of life. There is no other source, right? So if you think you're getting the source of life from... Uh, CD, MP3, DVD, YouTube, any of those things, you're deceived. Okay? So, dumb, deceived. We're not doing that. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has, possesses now eternal life. Okay? So, here's what I do in the practical. I'm holding something called bread, maybe, or a cookie, whatever it is, or on my fork, right? Whatever it is. And I have some drink, whether it's water or juice, and I go, and I look at the flesh, and I go, um, okay, as often as I do this, when I eat your body and drink your blood, it says here in, in um, John six fifty four that I now possess eternal life. I'm not waiting to eat, have eternal life. I now have eternal life. So, Father, I thank you for... You've given me a way for me to engage in eternal life right now. And I partake in that right now. I enter into eternal life. And then I got into the place where, wow, I'm exchanging temporary life for eternal life. I'm, I'm giving up Kronos time for Kairos time. Wow, I'm now stepping out of time and going into eternity. All of it from eating your flesh and blood. And then in the beginning, I, I have my Bible open to Amplify. It says, he who feeds on my flesh, and I'll read it again, he who feeds, not one time a month, feeds. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has, possesses now eternal life. I thank you for eternal life. I'm eating, I'm drinking, I thank you for eternal life filling my body. I thank you for eternal life filling me up and driving out any other life. I thank you, you're my source of life. I think you were, we're now one. And I go to the next verse. For my flesh is true and genuine food. Da, da, da. But, no. Verse 56. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me. So, Father, this is where, wow, I'm continually in you and you're continually in me. If I do this, if I believe that by your words are spirit and life. And this thing, which is a potato chip, I've done potato chips, right? Right? And Pepsi, the sip of Pepsi, because sometimes I'll go in front of the refrigerator and do like communion eight times in a row. Oh, is that loud? <laughs> yeah, standing in the refrigerator open. My wife goes, 
Are you standing from the refrigerator? <laughs> yes, honey, I'm almost done. Okay, I'll go. Eternal life. Eternal life. Right? Because it says, He who feeds on my flesh, drinks my blood, dwells, con- feeds, continually feeds. Right? Multiple times. So I'm feeding, right? And so I'll go, okay, wow. As I do this, I know you're abiding in me. So when I put this potato chip on my tongue and follow down here, I'm partaking in you. Wow. And I'm continually in me. And I'm in you. And you're in me. And this is the proof of that. Because this is not just potato chip and Pepsi. This is life. I'm partaking in life. Thank you for life. Right? That's what I do, right? And so I've, I've taken John 6, Bible open, to make it a prayer for me, right? And so I'll, I'll lead you into one, and I'll, it'll be a little different from what I just said, but it's based off what he said, right? I don't think he spoke amplified. Hello! You know, he didn't speak amplified, but there's something in this deal, right? He didn't speak English. What did you You're speaking Aramaic. So um, he's speaking something, right? So 57, just as a living father sent me and I live by through because of the father. I want to live because of the father too, right? Um, Whoever continues to feed on me, whoever takes me for his food and is nourished by me shall live through and because of me. What's up with that? Who's ever told you that? Who's ever told you that you have a way to walk in eternal life now? Well, you all should say Jesus told me or the Father's told me that, right? So, I'm sorry to make it a trick question. You're like, don't answer, we're going to hell. <laughs> so, we're not going to hell. So, um, <laughs> We're going to heaven, and but, but the cool thing is we're, you know, this is not the first day of the rest of your life. This is the beginning, because we're talking about continuous, continuous, right? We're talking about breaking the tradition, and we're talking about, wow, is it possible to have communion twice in one day, <laughs> right? How about three times? I mean, when you, do, I mean, you should do it right now. You should come up, you should do it, and come and do it like five times right your seat, <laughs> Talking about your mind will go, you know, <laughs> you'll start shaking because you've never done it before. Who's who here has had communion five times in five minutes? <laughs> Who's had communion five times in five months? Maybe. Come on, you got that right. So we're, we're talking about, you know, who here has only recharges their phone every five months? Who charges the phone once a month? Who charges the phone at least once a day and leaves it overnight? Right? Who charges themselves up with the Father every once in a while? When he's always available. Why are we so foolish? Oh, you foolish Galatians. Oh, you foolish Redians. You know, what? You know, oh, you foolish whatever we are. So we don't have to do that, right? There, he is life. How often do you want to partake in life? Right? How often do you want to partake? He's not saying, 
Oh, I'm sorry, Aaron. You can only come to me once every... At the Holy Days. There's a tradition that says that. Yom Kippur, once a year. Right? Only time you can enter in. That's Old Covenant. Right? Jesus, John 6 says, He who continually feeds me has life. It's a choice. How powerful are you? You could deny the Father from entering your body. Why would you do that? Why would you be an example of doing that? Right? I mean, if you don't have communion in front of people, you're saying, there is no life out there. I'm keep, or I'm doing it only at home and only in the privacy of my secret place. It's a secret. I've got life. Yes, I do. I got life. You don't. <laughs> right? That's what you're doing, right? So we keep this to ourselves. So what I'm saying is, when we go to In and Out Burger tonight, are we going to In Out Burger tonight? When we go, when we go someplace tonight, I have the opportunity to take whatever I have for bread or food, solid, whatever I have for a solid, whatever I have for a, a liquid. I don't go. Is everyone looking at me in the restaurant? I'm about to do something special and spiritual. That's not glory, right? I could take pizza, pizza hand here, Pepsi here, and go, oh, every time, every time I do this, every time I take a solid, every time, and you put it on your tongue, right? Every time I partake in you, I become more like you. And when I drink your blood, I partake in eternal life now. Okay, how's the game, right? Then you go, I've got more pizza left. How long did that take, right? That's, that's, That's practice. Pretend like your napkin is your drink, right? And you go, you know, you don't, you don't be religious, right? You got your food, you know. You got this prayer memorized, you know. You got, you know, eternal life, continually feed, okay. I live by faith, okay. I'm going to do, I'm going to change my life in less than 20 seconds. Whew, here we go. Father, thank you. Mm, life. When I'm chewing it, I'm, I'm imagining Life filling me up. That's my faith part. That's how I'm engaging in faith. And I'm like, wow. Now, we did the dunking, right? So now it's two things together, right? It's just like, so now as I'm chewing, I'm meditating on the truth. You said you're my life. You said it can, eternal life starts now. I'm not waiting. Oh, my goodness. I'm in eternity now? What's up with that? I'm in eternity now? Mm. So then the food is now in my throat, right? It's going down. When I feel it going down here, right here, I go like, I feel you in me. It's true though, right? He's in me, right? I'm just acknowledging the truth, right? What if you did that one minute a day? Who would you be, right? What if you did it every meal, right? What if you, you know, there's some churches that have a little altar thingy always up there. Yes, they're going to talk about you when you go more than once. Tim, what are you doing, man? Why aren't you saving some Jesus for everybody else? I guess you don't want them like I do. Woo. Right? And they're going, 
Aaron, um, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. And no one's going to say it in public, right? They're going to wait. They're going to be like, I think she went 12 times. I think she went 12 times. Why are they counting? Right? <laughs> so, you, I mean, you know, you, you go 12 times and you're running back and forth. You're, you're now trading up there. Like, you know, you're going to the altar for communion. They're like, well, what's up with her? So then someone boldly finally catches you, you know, after service. Hey, uh, you got a moment? Yeah. And you're all glowing. You're all glowing. Like, you're like, because you're trading the revelation. And you're trading the communion. You're a different person in one service, right? And they go, you're in the bathroom. You're doing your hair. And you're just like, I'm, I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus, right? Who are you looking at in the mirror? So you're becoming, right? You're doing your hair. Someone boldly says, hey, uh, kind of noticed that uh, uh, everything okay? <laughs> yeah, it couldn't be better. <laughs> um, I, uh, um, you, uh, uh, can, 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 why are you throwing money up there? I didn't understand that. I was watching. You were really distracting to me. I couldn't get in the presence. Sorry about that. And how many communions did you have? Aren't you allowed to have one? I mean, there's a rule, right? And you look at him and smile. Are you going to answer me? You smile again. Gosh, fine, I don't care. Now, in the stall, someone's heard this whole conversation. They come out and they go, I know what you're doing. I can see Jesus in you. And you smile back. No words exchanged. A life was exchanged. Right? You opened the door for somebody else. Because you were dared to do something a little different. Right? It cost you a reputation, right? And what do you know? She's the person that wants to be like Jesus. Oh, that's bad, right? <laughs> she thinks she's changing. Read John 6, any version you want, right? I mean, and, but they're going to go, that's not communion. We're, you know, all our life, Corinthians, 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 right? That's what I was taught. But he says I'm life. He's teaching about eating my flesh, drinking my blood. Jesus said, these are Jesus' words. If you've got a Bible that says it in red, right? It's red words, right? Paul's words are not read. The Passover scripture isn't read because it's Jesus about Passover, but it says Passover, right? Corinthians about fellowship meal. There's no red words there. They try to throw in their Lord's Supper. Yeah, that's a fellowship meal. It's clear. Jesus says, eat my flesh. What are you going to do with that? I'm the only source of life. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to leave like his other followers did. And the 12 go, where can we go? <laughs> Your life. <laughs> now they did understand. This is not about understanding, mm-hmm. right? They were like, uh, we have no clue what you're talking about. There's no one else left. The Pharisees don't like you. And they were there. Mm-hmm. Our friends, the other 400, they left. You really know how to build a church. <laughs> right? What do you think they're thinking? They're like, we're following the cannibal guy. He's already a cannibal. He says, eat, we got to eat him. What is that? 
he's the meal guy? What, what is that? You know, they're tripping, you know? How do we eat you? <laughs> right? Eat my flesh. How? Right? That's what Peter's going. I'm in. Knife and fork. <laughs> right? That's what that's Peter's doing, right? Got it. Bloody. You know, whoa, dude, spiritual. Oh, okay, my bad. Right? That's what Peter's doing. Other guys going, dude, I told you it wasn't that way. What were you doing? You were wanting to leave. Good thing I tied the rope to you. <laughs> that's what's going on. So, again, all that to say is you heard something different, right? Um, you need to go and chew on that, right? But, but the thing is, is it's all about the Father, right? Or talk about how do you invest in your relationship, right? How do you get more out of Him? He's saying, get in me. Get in my belly. Okay, wrong movie, right? <laughs> so, but he's saying like, but this is a way to experience eternal life right now, right? Um, when I started doing this, um, I had this deal. So I was like really working on, I'm continually in you, you're continually in me. That's wild. Just the word continually. I'm, every time... When I feed on you, and I feed on your flesh and blood, I'm continually in you, and you're continually in me. And I was like this, you're in me, I'm in you. So I started to believe that, right? So one day, as I'm working on my gates, right, there's a gate called your first love gate, right? And so I'm trying to make sure my love gate's open, so Jesus comes in, you know, Lord, Lord, I knock on the door, you know, he opens the door, lets me come in, I'll stop with him, right? So, um, one day, I'm in my imagination, I'm going to that door and making sure that I have not shut the door to his love, right? I'm always embracing his love in my life. I let his love heal all my hurts and deal with things first, not me, type deal. Flow in, flow in. And I'd always envisioned his, that door like that door right there, a single door. This one day, in my imagination, it was a double door. And I thought, how that happened? And when I opened up, more of him came into my life, right? And I thought, oh, that's good. I didn't know whether to high-five my imagination or high-five Jesus. So I was like, that's good. And this one time, he came out. He says, you can go in. I said, wait a minute, wait, what? So you're going to enter my life? I can enter your house? Who's in his house? Who's abiding in Jesus' house? Yes! So Jesus comes into my life, fixes me up, I go hang out with the Father. Right? Yeah. Is that not a good visual? It's right? Really good you know? So then I'm like, how long do I get to stay with the Father? How long do you want to stay? Until you leave. Until you go back to your job, go to church, <laughs> go watch a movie. <laughs> you know? so, so one day I'm, I'm getting used to Okay, when I step in, I'm going into your house, and you're going into my house. This is my house, right? And I'm doing this. I swear, one day, he gave me a high five as I went in. I was like, what a good imagination. If it's my imagination, great. If it's my spirit, great. Whatever, it's good, right? Uh, right. And so now it's like, wow, this is a relationship, right? It's a fellowship. We need to spend more time with him, right? And not like, I'm spending time with God. What is that? You're not with God. 
I don't know who you're with if that frowny face you know, is going on. But there's life available. He says, I'm the only source of life. Okay? And so, that's it. You know, I mean, it's, you don't get much better than that. Right? So thank you so much.